Welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron. Brothers, it is wonderful to be with all of you again today. My name is Matt Palmer with Catholic Men's Ministry in the Diocese of Columbus. I'm here with my co-host and wonderful brother in Christ, Devin Shad, Fathers of St. Joseph. We also are a part of St. Gabriel, and uh, they partner with our two ministries to bring this um, recording each week to all of you, Iron Sharpens Iron. Devin, good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's a it's a chilly end of March. We're here in Saint. We're here uh, getting close to the end of Lent and uh, looking towards this beautiful feast day of Easter and Holy Week. And uh, I'm so excited about what we're going to do today and talk about today. But maybe you could just open us in prayer, and then we'll uh, we'll introduce our topic and get going. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, our God. Abba, we praise you and we thank you, not only for what you do, but for who you are, that you are eternal love, eternal self-giving, your eternal power, but yet you don't use that power to suppress us, use that power to lift us up, to share with you. And so as we discuss what real power is, real leadership, real kingship is today, we ask for your Holy Spirit to dwell in us and anoint us and give us the wisdom that is so different from the world, a wisdom that truly can give us life peace, and joy. And we ask all this in your Son's most holy and powerful name, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Mama Mary and St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray in the name of the us. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, gentlemen out there listening, all, all of our brothers, we're, I'm really excited about this recording. This is an opportunity to really enter more deeply into Lent, but it will be a helpful message even for all of us after Lent. So um, this is, uh, the, the title of this, of this session is called Getting Your Spiritual House in Order. This is a talk that Devin, uh, my co-host and uh, here on this show, uh, Devin shared this message with uh, uh, a large group of men in Columbus recently, and we were so, um, we were just so powerfully impacted that we thought we would share it with all of you today. So Devin, I know normally it's you and I interviewing a third uh, person that's on fire for the faith, but we're going to turn the tables a little bit, and we're going to have you be our guest today. So I'm excited to get started. I thought we'd start with um, part of your message really talked about the difference between secular leadership for men and Christian leadership for men. And I think just hitting a few of those high points is a great place to start uh, as we then move into how we think about that in terms of getting our own spiritual house in order. So share some of those distinctions that you shared the other day with all of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when we look at secular leadership, we usually see someone who is obsessed with power or will use power to suppress, um, whereas Christian leadership is admitted weakness. You know, in my weakness, I am made strong. And you look at Christ carrying the cross. His weakness is shown publicly, and yet God exalts him. The Father exalts the Son through his weakness. So then we have in secular leadership self-exaltation, but in Christian leadership we have self-abasement, humility, which is the foundation of all the virtues. Tend to be In secular leadership there tends to be this idea of self-reliance, where in Christian leadership there's the t- dependence on God. And then I think we, a lot of times we look at secular leadership as it's for the naturally talented and the qualified and the gifted, but we know in Christian leadership it's appointed by God. So God does not call the qualified. He qualifies 
the called. And then in secular leadership, a lot of times it's to be served by others, where in Christian leadership, it's to serve others. In secular leadership, there's showmanship, where the Christian leader, he's authentic, he's true. And then there's also in secular leadership, there's popularity and prestige, where in Christian leadership, it's unnoticed and more hidden and in the background. And I think if we summed up all of this, we could say that a true leader, the world leadership, and when you think of Mao and Stalin and Hitler and all of these guys, what they do is they use their power to push people down in order to lift themselves up, whereas true Christian leadership after Christ, after God the Father, he puts himself down to the lowest position in order to lift people up. Mm. That's the big difference in, in leadership between Christian and secular. And so in secular leadership, there's this drive to be significant. And in Webster's defined significance to be deemed important and worthy of value by others. But the problem with that is that when we're important and valued by others, great. But when we're not, then we try to shift our personality, our posture, what we do to get people to like us, to deem us significant. So our worth is based on what others think of us rather than what we are. And human respect is shifting sand upon which no man should build his house. Mm. But the Christian leadership, he has the big three, three purposes, to glorify God, to save and sanctify souls, and for him to live in communion with God, that deep intimacy with God, by participating in his plan. So significance comes from that Latin word significare, which is comprised of two Latin words, signi, which means sign, and facare, which means to be make. So to be made into a sign, a sign that points to something transcendent, something beyond us. And that's precisely what the Christian leader does, is it's not directing people to him as in secular leadership, but it's to direct people to something beyond him, mm. which is God. Okay, so that, that's kind of the big differences between secular and Christian leadership. My brother, you are on fire right now. This is awesome. Well, so I think all of us that are listening, we would all recognize, and I know you would too, how hard it is to, to, to move and to transition from a world that constantly is telling us to be a leader in these secular leadership ways and to trend and to move our lives to Christian leadership. And the only way that we're going to be able to do this brothers is if we spend time in silence before our Lord, if we spend time with him so that he can change our hearts and minds. This is not something Devin, that we're going to just be able to sort of work our way through and just tell ourselves, all right, I'm going to get up today and be a Christian leader. This takes a lot of spiritual effort. And um, I just, I guess I think that's important to bring out that we can't do this on our own. Can we? No, absolutely not. It's a, it's an, it's a work of grace. And the key is, that we have to have the mind of Christ, like you're saying, and the only way to have the mind of Christ is to actually commune with Christ, to think with Christ, and to pray to Christ. And so the more that we enter the silence and allow ourselves to receive the mind of Christ, to receive the person of Christ in us, the more that we'll be like Him. And I love the example of Jesus when He feeds the multitudes. He multiplies the bread, the fish, and they immediately want to make Him king. They want to make him king ruler of Israel. And what does Jesus do? He heads for the mountains. He does not want to be king in that worldly way, because he understands that kingship can only become through the throne of the cross. That's where the true 
king reigns. Yeah. And for us to get our mind around that, it's a paradox. It's a great paradox. And we, so we have to pray to have that mind of Christ. You know, um, we're going to move to um, our next uh, kind of part of this message today. But I, I'm I'm just struck that, you know, St. Joseph gives us such a wonderful model of this where he abases himself at, at the service of Jesus and Mary. And he simply wants to do what the Father wants him to do. He simply wants to to give himself away in love to and that's what a powerful leader and example he is and yet he wasn't a leader the way we think of in uh, in worldly ways but what a massive leader he was in spiritual ways to to focus his life on Christ and Mary and to love them and protect them and 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 raise his his foster son and i just think the greatness of that leadership um, is amazing. So I think, uh, mm-hmm. brothers, we're mm-hmm. going to transition to a really neat um, message here that Devin also shared with us the other day, and it's this kind of an evaluation of, of how to assess where we are in this journey towards spiritual greatness and spiritual leadership and this this living with humility and this this life of giving ourselves and taking on our cross um, that our wives, our families, and, and others might be lifted up towards Jesus. So, Devin, I don't know that we we'll, we'll see how we do here, timing wise. But let's let's jump into this. It's a it's a it's an evaluation, kind of just a checklist. And you know, you you have a caveat here you want to share with us before we move into it. But let's just start to really enter into this this tool that I think will really help us not only during Lent, but also um, beyond Lent, as into our into ordinary time and into our lives, and just to incorporate this as maybe a a tool or a resource. So let's just start and kind of move into this and start with just helping us understand what this is and what it isn't. Okay, sure. So basically to be a true Christian leader, we need to have a capacity for being distributor of God's manifold grace, as St. Peter says. So we need to be open to grace. So we need to identify those areas which make us more open to be distributors of grace, receiving grace, becoming that reservoir of grace. We're not a channel. A channel, the water flows through, and then the channel is empty. We're a reservoir where we want to be filled up with grace, but it overflows, okay? And so that's the idea here is that we, we want to be, we want to test our capacity, so to speak. So it's only a test. It, this, we're not assigning points per se to like, okay, if you go to confession, you go to the Eucharist, receive the Eucharist, you get certain points. That's not real life. But we're doing it for this evaluation just so that we can understand our strengths, our areas of strength and the areas where we need to be strengthened. So we've got a 105-point base system, and the reason there's 105 points is to give everybody an extra five points leniency. Um, But the idea here is this is more like when you take your car into the shop and you have the mechanic run a diagnostic test on on your car. You find those areas in which your car may not be performing the way it should be, and there are some big ones that you need to, you know, repair right away, and then there's other little ones that, you may not repair right away, but sometime down the road, no pun intended. Okay, so the idea here is that that's the idea. We want to test ourselves to see, are we really being distributors of God's manifold grace, and what do we need to work on mm. to do that? So I think if we can get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, There's some categories okay. Okay. I know, and we've got about 15 minutes, so we're just going to go through the okay. categories and just kind of hit the the specifics of each one, you know, quickly and kind of share the points. And again, we all understand that it's it's not, it's just a diagnostic tool. Yeah. yeah. No judgment, no right. divine judgment on this. It's just a diagnostic tool. Yep. So 
So the first category is Sacramento Life. So you've got a pen, piece of paper. You want to keep track of your points here. But so Sacramento Life, the first one is weekly worship at the Holy Sacrifice Mass. So do you go to Mass every week, every Sunday? So that's five points. Um, biweekly confession, every two weeks going to confession, um, that's five points. John Paul II, Pope John Paul II went to confession every two days. Um, and the just man falls seven times a day. So we know we need confession a lot. So once a month, give yourself two points. Every two weeks, five points. Um, number three, one daily attendance of the Holy Sacrifice Mass per week. So a daily Mass, give yourself an extra five points if you go to a daily Mass. If you go more than once, give yourself ten points. Now, number four in the sacramental life is one holy hour. That's Eucharistic adoration per week. If you do, give yourself five points. If it's more than once, give yourself ten points. So then we move from sacramental life to interior life. The interior life gives our exterior life form. Who we are on the inside determines who we are on the outside. So we can't give God if we don't have God. And so our first point, interior life, is daily morning offering. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you kneel before God. Here I am reporting for duty. I offer myself in union with your sacrifice, Lord Jesus, and all the holy masses throughout the world through the hands and the heart of the Blessed Mother and you, St. Joseph. Anyway, you give your you give yeah. your day over to God. That's yeah. five points. Number two is daily morning prayer, and this is different than morning offering. Daily morning prayer, the offering is where you're reporting for duty. Here I am, Lord. I come to do Your will. Daily morning prayer is where you're reflecting on sacred scripture, or you're praying the liturgy of the hours, and you're using that as a launching pad for conversation with God. And so you'll have like ten minutes, fifteen minutes of prayer, and then you have five minutes of silence included in there. So if you're doing that, give yourself five points. If you're praying the daily rosary, you're really praying it, not just babbling, but you're praying at least a decade or two, and you're really praying it, give yourself five points, because that's a great way. Our Lady is literally holding our hands and walking us through the mysteries of our Lord to see it through her eyes and her heart. Number four is daily evening prayer. Same thing as morning prayer, where we're spending 15 minutes with the Lord, you know, liturgy of the hours, sacred scripture, reading some kind of holy literature, but then it launches us into conversation, and then we wait on God was in silence for five minutes, and that give yourself another five points. And then at the end of the day, the examination of conscience, where we reflect on the blessings of the day, but also the times when we've fallen short or sinned. Give yourself five points if you do that every day. Then we move into the, the area of sacred sacrifice. And it, prayer without sacrifice is lip service, and sacrifice without prayer is simply self-mastery. So we need a both and, just like the body and soul, we need a both and. So we need prayer and sacrifice, because that sacrifice is what animates our prayers, so that we can say to the Lord, we really mean what we're praying, and we're praying what we mean, because we're offering our bodies as a holy, sac holy living sacrifice to the Lord, as Romans 12, 1 says, this is, your living, this is your spiritual worship. So one daily hidden sacrifice per day. Could be a cold shower, could be skipping a meal, could be just drinking water, skipping coffee, could be something big, something small, but it's one daily hidden sacrifice. That means no complaining, no boasting. If you do that, five points. Now, the next category is embrace woman, okay? And this is a very important category because this is, this is really a big testing ground for a lot of us. So the first one is weekly date night with our wife. And this is important. You get five points if you do this. And it's important because your, your family goes as your marriage goes. And your marriage is a representat representation of Christ and His Church. And so weekly date night with the wife, five points. Pray for your wife daily, five points. 
And it's very interesting, Ephesians 5, when, when Paul talks about how the husband is supposed to present his wife like Christ presents a church, that presenting, the Greek word, is like coming along, bringing alongside. And so if we're just praying for ourselves in prayer, we're not bringing our wife into our person, presenting her needs, her, her situation, whatever it is, to the Lord, we're really missing out. Uh, you get five points if you do that. Yeah, we're failing. I mean, our, our vocation, our pathway to heaven is through our marriage, through our wives. So when we're not Amen. embracing woman, embracing our wife, loving her, and, and, and helping her to be presented to the Lord spotless, without blemish, um, we really have to invest our hearts and lives into our brides. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And then third is bless your wife daily. Tracing the sign of the cross over your wife's forehead calling down God's favor, his blessing through the, you know, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, upon her, to heal her, to bless her, etc. Give yourself five points. And I know uh, for, we just did a men's retreat up, up in Minnesota with a whole bunch of guys, and it was so beautiful because afterwards um, the, the, the facilitator called me and said, hey, Devin, 15 guys individually contacted me and said for the first time ever they blessed their wives, and they couldn't mm, believe how powerful it was. Powerful. So this is a big deal. Because if there's a void, if you're not doing this, you create a void. You leave a void. And where there's a void, we know that Satan loves to fill a void. That's, you know, there's seven, de- you know, demon, he's cast out, person cleans the house. What happens? Seven more come back to fill that void. And so the, the blessing, it takes away that void. It fills it with God in your marriage. Fourth is 10 minutes listen time with your wife daily. And give, you do this, five points. And what this really is, is you think you... 10 minutes, big deal. But really, when you've got kids, when you've got all sorts of obligations and responsibilities, that 10 minutes where you're just listening to your wife and like, accepting her as a person and not a project to be fixed or completed, but you're just listening and conversing with her, that's a big deal. You're really affirming her. Now, yeah, love it. for those who are divorced, if you've asked God to forgive or to bless your wife without resentment, if you do this daily, give yourself 10 points. This is the wife that you're separated, divorced from. If you're divorced or separated and you've asked her forgiveness for the pain that you've inflicted at any time, this is a big deal. Give yourself 15 points. Mm. If you're divorced or separated, ask God to forgive you for your fault in the matter. This is true humility. Give yourself five points. Boy, a lot of guys were listening, and this is really touching our hearts. And um, you're doing great. We've got about eight minutes left. You're moving through this. I, I just remember this from last Saturday. It's so powerful. So let's, I know we're moving fast, but brothers out there, we want you to kind of just continue to absorb this and just reflect on, on these wonderful um, spiritual uh, recommendations. So keep going, Devin. You're on fire, brother. Yeah. So embracing authority is our next category. So daily family prayer time. However you do that, whether it's Bible study or, you know, I like to say, if you're not leading Bible study at home, don't lead one in your church, because that's a little bit hypocritical. So give yourself five points, daily family prayer, whatever that is, five points. Meal with family at least four times a week, five points, because I believe that there's a direct correlation between the decrease in mass attendance around our Lord, our God, Father's table, His altar, where we receive His food, Jesus' bread of life, and our lack of attendance at family meal, family dinner. So give yourself five points if that's four times or more per week you're eating dinner with your family. Mm. Number three, uh, son or daughter date time, time together once per month. So if you don't have a child at home, you're visiting or calling them once per week, give yourself five points. And, man, it's so important that we spend time with our children so that they know with certainty that we just don't accept them 
but we choose them because that's what we want to feel from God. We want to be chosen and desired, and that's what our children want from us. Number four is give 10% of your gross income to the church or selected persons who are in need or charitable organization of your gross income. This is a big deal. I can't get into it right now why, but give yourself five points. Pray for each member of your family by name every day, five points. Bless each member of your family. So your children, summon them at maybe before bed, trace the sign of the cross over their head, call down God's favor, his blessing, his forgiveness upon your children, your wife, five points. And then seven, refrain from servile labor or selfish initiatives on Sunday. Give yourself five points because the command is to keep the Lord's Day holy, not just don't work or rest. It's a positive command to keep the Lord's Day holy, to honor Him, to spend time with Him, to help others, perhaps, on that day. So five points. Now, lastly, we have Christian principles. And these are some, these are some tough ones, but I think these really tell us where we're at. Have you forgiven someone who's betrayed, abused, maligned, or hurt you by asking God to bless them? Give yourself 15 points, okay? Do you pray, asking God to bless and favor those of whom you are jealous or envious of? Give yourself 15 points, because this is very important, because especially in Christian leadership, if you are jealous, if you are envious, the only way to combat it is by asking God to favor those of whom you're jealous and envious of, because actually what you're jealous of is God's gifts and talents in that person, okay? So it's very important that you get on God's plan, and you're, you're put, placing yourself at the heart of the mission, and the mission is at the service of God, and this is one of the great ways to test yourself, is are you praying for those who you're jealous or envious of? Third, do you give beyond the 10% gross income tithe? So you, additionally, beyond your tithe, do you give to someone in need or a charity once per month? So you're, you're extending yourself charitably. If you do, give yourself another 15 points there. Do you have any debts that you're avoiding payment of? Are you withholding funds from someone? If so, subtract 10 points, because it's a form of robbery. Number five, use of or intentional viewing of pornography once or more per month, subtract 50 points. If you're masturbating once or more per month, subtract 25 points. If you're using contraception, subtract 50 points. If you're having an emotional or adulterous affair, subtract 105 points. And why are these so severe? Is because our marriages are a living representation and reflection of not only Christ and His Church, but the Trinitarian exchange of love. You know, so that life, that love, that bliss, that power, God wants to relive and reveal in our lives. But these are sins, in a sense, when we when we're pure in our sexuality within our marriage. That reflects God. We become a sign of our destiny, a sign of heaven, a sign of God's self-giving love. But when we do these things, we become an anti-sign and, again, create a void where the devil fills. So that's the evaluation. Yeah. I don't know where we're at on time. We've got but... about three minutes, so you've done a fabulous job. And I know we went a little fast uh, for all the guys out there, but I, it's so helpful, Devin. And I think, again, whether they happen to hear this during Lent or outside of Lent, um, this this is a message we all need, Devin, and I, I'm so I think we're so blessed and thankful that uh, in your prayer life, God has given you kind of this this diagnostic understanding because it is it's a wonderful evaluation. I took this, I've scored it, and it it really illuminates for me um, some areas that I need to be more intentional. And a lot of those are areas around embracing woman. How am I 
spending time with my bride and, and how am I blessing and affirming her? And it's already giving me some new ideas and, and some new focus on my date life with her, that weekly date, um, having dinner with her, not just sitting beside her watching TV, but actually turning the TV off, sitting across from her and really engaging in conversation, listening to my bride and letting her share all that's going on in her life. You know, I think a lot of times we guys just want to, we just kind of let our wives just talk, but we're not really listening with our hearts and our minds. And, and and we get we get caught, you know. She she realizes, are you listening to me? And um, or we say something that clearly we didn't, we weren't listening. So to be really yeah. attentive to her heart, our wives' hearts is so important. Um, yeah, yeah, Devin. Okay. I mean, this is I just, just, I just beautiful. Can I just jump on that a little bit. So when Eve was created, the first thing she saw was not what Adam saw. Adam saw paradise, or at least saw creation. She saw a man rejoicing her. That's the first thing she saw, and that's the desire of every woman's heart, is to look across that table at date night and see that the man that she married is still rejoicing in her and her beauty. Mm -hmm. Brothers, um, you know, as we come to the end of this this hour, this half hour, I just... I just want to encourage us. Devin has shared such a um, a powerful message with us, and I really want to go back up to the top where um, he talked about our sacramental life because I think everything will flow from our sacramental mm-hmm. life if we're spending, if we're receiving Christ and receiving His life into us. Uh, then we can be a distributor of His grace if we're spending time each day in prayer, another means to grace and in adoration, opening ourselves to him and listening in silence, not always just talking to God in adoration to our Lord, but just ceasing the the talking in our mind and just listen to him. There's power there. The rosary, I heard once um, that the rosary is really um, how Joseph and Mary, their lives became a rosary because a rosary is a contemplation of Christ and his life. Well, their whole lives were spent contemplating their son and his life. So I think the rosary entered into properly becomes for us a way that we can, uh, that our lives can become a rosary, that we can contemplate the life, all these events in our Lord's life and, and put ourselves into those events and see his feelings, his heart, and take his heart with us out of those events and out of that rosary and back into life. So, Devin, so grateful for you today. Give us a quick final message. We're down to the final 30 seconds or so, and, and uh, just encourage us with just another couple of thoughts on how best to begin to implement this. Yeah, you nailed it, though. Jesus says, abide in me, and I will abide in you. And the best way we can abide in him is by living a Eucharistic life, a life of thanksgiving, receiving him often, and being thankful often. And Jesus promises in John 6, he says, he eats my flesh and drinks my blood. I abide in him, and he will abide in me. Mm. This is the key, abiding in him, and all things will be good. All things will be well for you. We'll leave it at that, brothers. Thank you, Devin. Iron sharpens iron, and we're so blessed to be with all of you men. And take care. Have a, have a great Lent, a powerful Easter, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Bye.